Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome in to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, the official podcast of your New Orleans Pelicans, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. It's time to flock up. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. It is a new week, and of course, it is a brand new edition of your New Orleans Pelicans podcast, the official podcast of your New Orleans Pelicans. And once again, I get to start the week off the right way, following a Pelicans victory. What a victory that was as the team started their five-game road trip with a win in Sacramento in emphatic fashion. A very, very convincing one. 133-100 was the final, but that doesn't even tell the whole tale. This is what it sounded like on the Pelicans radio network. All the Pels are playing. Ingram fall away baseline. 15-footer, nothing but net. Do I hear some boos in the Golden 1 center? I believe I do. Rebound Daniels. They'll just shoot their way out of this one. Ingram spins out of trouble. Left angle. Three ball on line. Yeah, you're right, Brandon. Xavier Ingram. It's a 70. First half. 70 points for the Pelicans. 40 seconds left. Can we get a bucket, please? Jonas up top. Hand it off to Ingram. Two-man game. Ingram kick it to McCullum. Extra pass Trey. Right corner three. Thank you very much, Trey Murphy. Domas now with 15. CJ, Eurostep, no look to Dyson. Extra pass to Jonas and a right-hand throwdown. Beautiful ball movement. 25 assists tonight for the Pels. That's Dyson Daniels' fifth time. Ingram to Nance. Extra pass, Dyson. Extra pass, Hawk, left wing three. Get in there, rookie. Get in there. Ball movement galore. Oh, this is a beautiful sound. They're booing their team, folks, in the third. Rebound Nance. What defense. They've got 59 points, folks. 59. Extra pass. Ingram to Najee. Left corner rinsed. It is all working. Our bench is going crazy. They're raining boos in Golden 1 Center. And Mike Brown says mercy and takes another timeout. 22 to 5 run. And CJ playing to the crowd. We'll take a break. 92 seconds left in the third. The Pels are up by 40. 99 59. I can't even believe I just said that. Trey deep three. Up top and down. He shot that one from Modesto. 112 62. Are we up by 50 points? I can't do math. That's right. You heard in the highlights. The Pelicans were up by 50 or 50. I don't know how you spell that. Is it F-I-D-D-Y? I'll ask Jim Eichenhofer how you actually do it. They were up by 50 points. The graph told me afterwards he's never said that ever. And it's illustrious Hall of Fame broadcasting career. Um, so it was pretty incredible. What did head coach Willie Green feel about the way his troops showed up? What was the mission on the night coach? The the key was for us was... Uh to have a bounce-back game after the Clippers game, um, to play with more force, make sure we get to our spacing, 
make sure our defense is sound. We're finishing possessions, and we did that tonight. And um, like I said, it happened to be against Sacramento, but no matter who that was, we wanted to come out with, with that type of uh, intention is, is to play our style. CJ McCollum led all scores, including the Pelicans, with 30. Here's what he had to say on his night. Uh, guys did a great job of moving the ball around, setting great screens for me, uh, allowed me to maintain rhythm and balance and, and, and let me shoot the ball with confidence. And I think that's what, that's what it's all about, shooting the ball with confidence, trusting your preparation. A lot of our baskets came in transition, came off great defense, and tonight I thought it was a great team win. And it's kind of remarkable. You've beaten Sacramento four straight times. It's just a bad matchup, apparently. Brandon Ingram was asked that in the locker room after the game, and his answer? We just have a lot of versatility, you know. A guy that can drive the basketball, a guy that can shoot a three ball, a guy that can defend, and guys that can rebound the ball. So, you know, you have a variety. That is hard for a lot of people to stop, stop it when you connect. And I felt like we were the most connected tonight. So there you have it. A couple of days off today and tomorrow before they get back into action. We'll talk about that. Golden State, Denver, coming up the rest of this work week. Time to bring in, though, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer from the New Orleans Pelicans official website, NewOrleansPelicans.com, and, of course, right here on the podcast. Jim, do you like starting off the work week off a, you know, victorious man, sir? There's no better way to start the work week than coming off a 33-point road win as you mentioned earlier, that they were up by 50, which is yeah. unbelievable. And I do, th I think it's F I D D Y, by Fitty. the way. Okay. So, yeah. So it's not I E. You're going to go with the Y. Yes, I'm okay. going with the. Ooh, I didn't think of that. I, I'm going to go with the Y, though, for now. I'm going to have to check. Okay. Um, maybe do some Google searches and get back to you on that. <laughs> but for now, it's F I D D Y. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, I mean, the fact that they've beaten Sacramento four times, the fact that they've, won by a total margin of 84 points. I mean, it's one thing. It's rare that you beat any team in the NBA twice in the same season by 30-plus, but the fact that they've done it against a team that's top five, top six in the West. I mean, Sacramento's a quality team. A couple, I think Willie Green and maybe a couple players were asked yesterday, too. It was brought up to them that Sacramento only has 14 losses this year, but four of them are against the Pelicans, which yeah. is very odd. Um, so... For whatever reason, they just have a they just match up really well with them, and it was a really good way to close the weekend for sure. It's funny you say that. This is exactly what you had to say. Yeah, it, it's hard to beat a team four times. We we understand that, but you know, there's certain matchups in the NBA that are suited uh, for certain teams, and we just seems to we seem to match up well with Sacramento, and uh, you know, we got to play them again. So I'm sure when that time comes, you know. They'll be ready. We'll be ready. But, you know, we had a good night tonight. We, we played well. We shared the basketball. It started with our defense. And, uh, you know, we'll take it. So, Jim, you know, here's the other thing. When you look at those matchups, and sometimes it just kind of is what it is. I, I think the thing that really stood out to, to me the most was, and we talked about this last week, it, you actually called it, I think, on Friday, it could be a season-defining you know, road trip, and if not even just month, but specifically mm -hmm. this road trip. Yeah. Because of just some of the things you're going to have to deal with. And look, obviously, as a fan, you look at it and go, hey, every night this team should step up and do that. Now, there's some things, though, that I think can affect that here or there. That game on Denver got moved later, mm -hmm. so it could be on national television on ESPN. What, what What's the big difference of an hour? Well, the difference of an hour is... As Graf said in the broadcast yesterday, it puts the team in Dallas around 4 a.m. Right. The very next mm -hmm. morning. So they play the Nuggets, they travel, 
They arrive in Dallas. It's about 4, 4 a.m. They play that night. That first Mavericks game is a back-to-back after the Denver game. That's going to be very, very tough, regardless of, you know, hey, they're pros. I'm just telling you, you show up anywhere at 4 in the morning, I don't know if you could do the podcast later that night at (laughs) 7 o'clock as lively as you normally are. Right, right. And then that second meeting against the the Dallas Mavericks isn't at night. It's a matinee on Martin mm-hmm. Luther King Day that it's observed. One thirty game, oh, exactly yep. on mm-hmm. a Monday. So it's it's just quirky, you know. We're, we're creatures of habit as it is. I my you know habit gets thrown off when the kids at home and mm-hmm. you know so it's sick or whatever. Just it, it's different. And I'm not an athlete, and I'm not being you know paid to try to win games. So that's different. Golden State, normal kind of, not really. Normally you play them at nine o'clock Central Time, seven mm-hmm. over there. It's a 7.30 central tip-off. because right, 5.30 it's, there, so right. that's a, that, that makes that odd, It's too. an odd thing. Locally, so that's going to be So when you look at this road trip, nothing's actually normal, if mm-hmm. that makes any no, sense. No, that's true. And that's really right. – and just the little quirks – and again, if you, you've traveled with this team, mm-hmm. and for people that maybe don't understand that – Man, it, it's it's not just you show up to the arena. It's with what time are the meetings, what time are is the team breakfast and eating, what time is film study, what time you get actually any practice in or warm-ups in, sure. your, your your nap, your schedules. I mean, th- there's a lot of things that you have to do, and not even just that. I might be talking about pampering stuff. No, like getting taped or, or getting treatment and do all of those things. You, you have to find now the schedule and the time and the place, and you're going from city to city to city. All of that being said, isn't to make me, uh, you know, to get people listening to say, oh, poor Pelicans. No, right. I'm trying to bring up the importance of why I thought last night was key for for that reason. If there's going to be a game you need to get to maybe get you, as you know, I told you on Friday, give me three and two and I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. That That's one. You got to get that one. You don't get that one and you don't bounce back from that Clipper game. I feel like you're going uphill already in game number two in a game yeah, that, you know, sure. the Warriors really need that win. Mm-hmm. It's Denver. It's hard at altitude. Then you go at four. It's just, it's harder. Getting that win yesterday in the manner you did, in which you basically could watch the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I just, that was such a big win. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that was, if you want to finish this road trip three and two or four and one or, you know, five and oh, if we really want to get greedy. I mean, that was huge to be able to get that win. You're right. I mean, logistically, you could make a case even setting aside the opponents that this Friday, Saturday back to back is the toughest one of the season logistically, because I mean, you lose an hour going from Denver to Dallas anyways, because of the time zones. But Denver specifically has an issue where their airport is so far from downtown in their arena that that almost adds another half hour or so minimum. So yeah, it's going to be, that's going to be different. That's going to be very difficult. And I mean, I said logistically, but even if you just look at the opponents, the fact that you're playing Denver and then you're playing Dallas, two teams that are really good at home. I mean, Denver's 15 and four at home. The Mavericks are 11 and seven at home, which isn't, you know, relatively isn't great, but that's going to be so challenging. Like you said, to get in at 4am and then play that game. Um, to me, the the Golden State one actually I think is a positive change because, and I say this from the standpoint of maybe selfish interests that because they're playing 5:30 locally, they won't have a shoot around. So that day might be a little easier to ne- negotiate in terms of rest for the players. And a lot of times you say like, well, we want to have a shoot around because we want to be in the best position possible to prepare for the game. But the fact that they don't play from Sunday afternoon until Wednesday night to me you got gives them ample time mm-hmm. too. So I don't see that. I see that as actually a positive that that game got changed. But like you said, it is it is interesting how quirky this road trip 
becomes. And then Monday afternoon, same thing. They're playing at one thirty because it's a holiday game. So you're definitely out of your normal routine yeah. with that. There obviously won't be a shoot around for that one either. So, um, so yeah, it's, it, it is odd. I mean, I guess you could say in some ways the only quote unquote normal game day of the rest of this road trip is the Denver game. But that one got moved to 8 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, 9 p.m. Central, like you mentioned earlier. So um, everything's kind of changing, but uh, and a lot of it, a lot of it is because of TV, of national TV. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, you could say that's a good thing—the fact that they're not getting kicked off of national TV this season; that they're being added to it. So that's good. It, it's interesting because one of the reasons that you would be added or kicked out is actually a reason that had nothing to do with the win yesterday, which is point number two that I'd like to talk to you about. This team was up 50 against the fifth, currently fifth team in the Western Conference mm-hmm. without Zion Williamson. Right. Yeah. We've been talking yeah. about this. I it, Look, it, this isn't disrespectful. This isn't, well, I don't think they need... That's not what I'm saying at all mm-hmm. because you even saw... And some of the wins in that four-game win streak, and we've talked about this on the podcast, on my talk show, the guy's getting triple team. He's opening up everything. The, the trio's working magnificently, right? 20-point-plus games, all that stuff. So he's big, and he's important. But, Jim, there's not – again, they go into Sacramento following the Clipper game, and Zion may not play. You normally would do this. <sighs> yep. Um, how are they going to – I mean, of course, yeah. They were up by 50. Yeah. They were up Incredible. by 50, and one of their best players wasn't playing. You know, I, yeah. This team's deeper. There's no, you can't argue they're not. Oh, by the way, Jose Alvarado didn't play. I'm totally with you. And I, I think the way I look at the way that they've performed lately when Zion doesn't play is really so much more, as you referenced, a reflection on this team is so much healthier than it was earlier in the season. This team is better than it was earlier in the season. Obviously, they start out four and six, and now they're in the position where they're right on the fringe of top six in the West. But um, if you if you look even at at Zion's game logs this year, where they the Pelicans only won one of the first four games that he didn't play in, and it was against Detroit, which obviously we don't need to get into the struggles that the Pistons have had. So that was the Pelicans' only non-Zion victory through you know the end of the in-season tournament. Since then, they've beaten Washington by 20, Cleveland by 19, um, and then Sacramento by 33. Those are the three games that Zion hasn't played. All of them have been on the road. So, I mean, to me, it just shows that they're just capable of doing major damage even when they don't have him. Another thing, too, you would think Zion doesn't play yesterday, Trey Murphy starts – if the Pelicans are going to blow out the Kings, it's going to be because Trey Murphy goes crazy and has a huge game. Yeah, um, he only had two points in the first <laughs> I'm half. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, and then he yeah. he finished with 11, but he had he he made um, three three pointers after they were already up by a number that I needed a calculator to figure out. Um, so just another example of um, they don't they have so many guys that can that can score and so many players that can do um, that can produce and contribute that. That's what they're showing, that they've won the last three times that Zion hasn't played, and it, none of those games were close, and they were all – well, the Wizards are struggling, obviously not yeah. a good team, but the, the beating the Cavs in Cleveland and beating the Kings in Sacramento, impressive. But still, that that's the point, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, 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 a, that's, that's a sign. I mean, we're, we're looking for different sure. things and things of mm-hmm. growth. I got another one for you coming up. That doesn't have to do with the physical aspects of it, but since we're sticking with that, I want to throw this out to you too. You're right. 
Lots of different options on the offensive end. Did you see what De'Aaron Fox scored yesterday? It, it wasn't much. Three I, points. Was it three? Three yeah, points. Yeah, I guess I didn't Career focus low. a lot on them it because of how bad five. the game was. Yep, yeah, it was five. Hmm. Career low was three. Ali Cosell tweeted something along those lines, too, that he had seen that I want to bring up here from the Bird Rights because to the point that I guess I'm trying to make here, Brooklyn, right? Like a season low mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. The Pelicans are winning games offensively. And I go back to what Jose Alvarado said last week. We played the soundbite, right? Where he said, sometimes you're going to outscore opponents. Sometimes you're going to have to defend them. Jim, they were up 50 because guys could score. They were mm-hmm. also up 50 because, man, if they didn't make a shot, not only were they being stopped and defended, but did you take a look also at the rebounding totals? I know it was 29 to 9 at halftime. 51 to 25. Yeah. I rebounded. Mm-hmm. I, mean, that, I mean, that's that's literally a complete game, right? Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. scoring. We're defending. We're rebounding. That, 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 that's a tough team to beat. If they play defense, and, and it's not like they just did at that game. That's why I brought up Utah. That's why I brought some of the other games up. The Lakers. I mean, you're going up 70-something points in the first half. That's because you're defending well. You kept a lot of the other guys up. This team is starting to show, Jim, that they're capable of playing defense. They're capable of playing also um, offense at the same time. But the defense is something that's special. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've mentioned a few times recently on different shows, you know, one of the things that we're tracking and you're tracking is whether they can become a contender. And I think we do spend, and I say we as a basketball media community, we spend so much time thinking about offense and how does this team score enough points and who do they need to get the points by. But, I mean, so near the top of the list, if not the top of the list, is if you can be consistent defensively, that's going to give you so much better chance to vault you into that status of upper tier of the Western Conference. So, like you said, I mean, they're starting to play the kind of defense lately that we don't see around the NBA very often these days, mostly because it's very hard to hold a team to 100 points like they did against Sacramento or 105 like they've done in a few other games recently. So, you take the production that they've had on offense and the way that they've clicked in so many recent games and you combine that with the stinginess of the defense and how disruptive they've been and it, and also just kind of intangibly how much they focused on that. I mean, you can kind of just see it on the court during the games, how much of an emphasis they're putting on the defensive end of the court. So you add those all those things together and you, you're up by 50 points against a, a quality team and you've won – um, six road games in a row. Graf says seven. I'll tell you what. I, I look at it from this perspective: being able to win on the road, take your your you know whatever you can, and 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 get accomplished is also a very big thing because obviously you want to win at home. And I think Willie Green has said if you win most of your games at home, you're you're going to be in the postseason and all of that. But but Jim, I think also one of the things we were looking at this year, and we talked about it as the calendar year turned, we want to look at the end of the month. Am I going to get to say contender? We're still competitors, which, again, I'm fine. I'm going to use the Clippers game for an example here, and I talked about it in our pregame show with Todd. I said, I'm okay with it. I mean, you obviously want that win. You don't want that to happen. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's an organization, as John the Shazer, who chatted with us on Friday, said, not one, not two, three Hall of Famers. I didn't say All-NBA. I didn't mm-hmm. say All-Star. I didn't say good. NBA Hall of Famers. Right, right. That organization mm-hmm. put them together for one reason, one reason only. 
win a championship this year. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, their owner's doing the dance and all that. Stuff. I mean, <laughs> but that that's what it's for. Like, that is their goal. Ty, yep. Ty, Ty Lue's mm-hmm. a really good coach. Like, that's what they're for. Right? You still haven't won a playoff series with Zion Williams. He hasn't right. played a playoff mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. There are steps. And Willie Green has said it, and I've said it a lot here as well. I, I think in the NBA, you, you go through growing learn, you, you go through steps, you go through lessons, sure. you go through those things. Mm-hmm. I think the Pelicans saw, hey, that's what that team, and they came to play. They lost to the Lakers last night, right? right. A team that LeBron two <laughs> games ago said we suck. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, they look so any given night, different teams. But that, that's what I'm saying. When they're healthy, when they show up to play because they were well aware that the Pelicans have beaten them so many games here in New Orleans and all. So, but hey, that, that, okay, that's, that's them. They are a championship level contending team. Got mm-hmm. it. You saw it. That's why I think yesterday really stood out to me. Was yesterday, Jim, another sign of maturity by this team in the way they showed up and didn't let one loss turn into two? Are we starting to see them have that ability of handling? the highs and the lows of a very long NBA season because that's not easy to do. I think so because, I mean, if you think about it, if you go back broadly, I mean, the, look at the way that they responded to the other bludgeoning that they got from the other Los Angeles team. I mean, they came back from that loss in the in-season tournament and were one of the best teams in the NBA over the next you know three or four weeks. Yeah, they might have had a, a loss here or there where it was frustrating because they had a chance to win at the end and weren't able to close it. But overall, I mean, I think they played really well and responded well to that game. And, I mean, these recent one- and two-point losses at home, it seems like they've bounced back from all of those as well. I mean, they just beat Minnesota on the road, um, picking up a really – they the night after they destroyed Brooklyn here um, – yeah, they just they seem to just respond, and I think Willie Green mentioned this after the Friday loss to the Clippers too. He basically said we can't have an emotional reaction to every single game, and I think that kind of applies to both losses and wins. Where you know you can't get too content with yourself because you know you always have another game in a day or two. Um, in the same way with losses, you can't act like every game is a referendum on the season, and I mean. That's been shown multiple times that I, I think there were a lot of people after December 7th who thought, you know, that loss of the, of the Lakers is an indication that this team is just so far is, you know, legions away from being a, a decent team and a team that's going to make the playoffs and that kind of thing. And there were a lot of trade machines, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of GMing right. going on. Right. So <laughs> I, I did. I did feel that maybe this is the optimist or the positive person in me. I did feel like after the Clippers game. It was much easier for me to look at that game as just a one-off and a clunker that a lot of teams around the league have because I've seen it happen to the Pelicans already this season a couple times, and they've bounced back on it. And any thought that you had in your head of, like, after a 20-point loss like that or after you lost and it was very one side, any any thought you had where you were like, well, the season's about to go take a really bad turn, you know, only a few games later you were just – kind of reminded like eh maybe I over maybe I exaggerated a little bit maybe I put a little bit too much into that just that one game I think one of the other things um that stood out to me as well Jim in, in all of this is are you starting to see maybe the belief inside of, of the team and organization that hey we, we do kind of have a little something special here and in mm-hmm. getting it because 
I don't know it, it, it's a phrase you hear all the time, taking care of business. It's hard to do, though, when you think about all the things that go about it to make it business, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense, right? To, to take emotion out of it a lot of times, to understand, as I just said, the highs and lows, doing all these different, different aspects of it. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the, I guess what I'm getting is I, I'm starting to feel like when I turn the game on, Hey, I, I think this team is going to, you know, I, I trust the coaching, uh, uh, you know, that they, they, they scouted. I, I trust mm-hmm. that the players get ready for it. I, I, I actually think they did, you know, shoot around and get ready. I do. You, yeah. You get what I'm getting at? I'm babbling I, here, but I yeah, guess what no. I'm saying is in the past, I just didn't know what Pell's team was going to show up. I just didn't know if we were ready for that. Oh, they got out coached a little bit. Or they, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's professional. If that makes any sense. Yeah. You know what I think is really building to me here is the the understanding that yes the the talent here is at a super high level right. and i know um some of the writers that cover the team have mentioned this and kind of hit on this a lot lately that this team has you know 8 10 12 quality nba players it's not the kind of thing where we that we used to deal with maybe in the previous decade where the the, the roster was so thin where you only had you know six seven guys that you could count on i feel like and that's to go back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier why they've been able to win so much more lately when they do have guys out is because there's just a confidence that the players that they're putting on the court are going to be capable of winning and they're not going to have to do anything overboard. They're not going to have to try to do too much. It's like, just play your game and the team will be fine. And I also think what's also building is just the understanding that, you know, when this season started in terms of a timeline, you're so far removed from last December last January where you were in first place in the West that I think it's easy to kind of have that fade to the background and forget that you were in first place in the West, but last season, but the way that you're playing lately over the last month or so, I think what is, and I keep using the word building is Mm -hmm. the, the mentality in the mindset that these, the idea that the players have and the coaches have that this team is really good and it's not a surprise. It should not be a surprise anymore when you're able to beat good teams soundly the way that they have um, with, with what they've done against Sacramento, I mean, this it's it's not the kind of thing anymore. I think where there's hesitancy about do we have enough talent? Do we have enough experience? I think they're showing. You know, you combine what they did last season before the injuries really struck, and what they're doing now, and there's just enough of a resume and enough of a bunch of stuff that you can point to to say that there's no reason why this team shouldn't be really confident and there's no reason why they shouldn't look at the rest of the Western Conference and say, hey, we were at the top of the standings last year and right now we're playing like one of the best teams. There's no reason why we can't keep moving up in the standings and keep making significant progress and improvement. It's really remarkable. The Pelicans currently seventh going into action here on Monday night. First place, Minnesota, which again is a team that you played just recently. They're in first place. Denver second at a half a game back, a game and a half back or third place, the Thunder. Mm -hmm. The Clippers are three games back in fourth. Sacramento, 21 and 14, four games back in fifth. Dallas, 22 and 15, four games back as well in sixth. The Pelicans, 22 and 15, four games back. The reason I bring that up, Houston then has 18 wins. There's a bunch of teams out of 22. 20. The Pels are right there. So in other words, you win two, three games here, they lose two, three games, you can be second. You can be right. third. Mm-hmm. And this is what we talked about. This You're starting to see, not, not, not a ton, you're starting to see a little that separation. Four or five mm-hmm. games from the 10. Yeah. Tomorrow's uh, Wednesday's opponent, Golden State. Eight and a half back, 17 and 19. They haven't had the season they would have liked. Draymond, will he play? Todd's convinced he's playing, by the way. He's absolutely (laughs) convinced he's playing. Yesterday I saw 
that it's going to be about a week for him to ramp up. I, what is he ramping up from? He's Draymond Green. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he yeah. plays Wednesday. Anyway, yeah. but that's the point. No, you're right. Is you're that, right. that that's another game. It has a tough place to play. Didn't do that much. But here's my thing. This is why I brought up the whole belief. If you can go into the target center where they were 14-1, and one, very good team, mm-hmm. and you showed up business-like. That's what I'm getting at, right? From the get-go, knocking down shots, defending. Off, I felt the same thing yesterday. Man, you're two, three minutes into the game, bit first, you're leading, you're playing well, you're making shots. I'm like, okay, all right, now you settled in. You just don't want to get down because Todd was convinced, right? You got to weather the storm. Right? There was no storm. You, mm-hmm. you showed up. You made sure right. there was no storm. You rebounded. You not, You made your shots. If they can get that game or something, that same thing, I'm just looking at it. Man, I, 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 I'm feeling good about it. How do you feel about Wednesday going into Friday here? Obviously, we'll talk about Friday on Wednesday, but Wednesday's game, we'll get into a bit. But right now, just heading into it. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the most confident or the best that you felt going into a game against Golden State in recent years. I mean, obviously, part of it is the Warriors are really struggling. They're they're not even consistently winning home games. They just lost to Toronto on Sunday night by 15. They're 11 and 10. At 11 home. and 10 at home. Yeah. It's so odd to see them play like that at home, other than maybe the year when they had pretty much everyone out and they struggled at Chase Center. But, but yeah, I mean, I definitely feel and – and you have to say, too, you mentioned it. I mean, the fact that the Pelicans have won in so many tough places lately and it hasn't even come down to the wire or come down to even maybe the last five minutes, um, that does make you feel really good about what they're capable of of doing and you know one thing too real quick that you mentioned i think that there are there these are very tentative but there are kind of some tiers that are developing in the western conference as far as you know you could say minnesota denver okc those three teams have really been kind of battling for the number one spot and they're kind of in the same area there's one game between the clippers kings mavs and pelicans so even though we sit here and new orleans is officially seventh in the west they're really they're only one game out of fourth so, I mean, they're right there in terms of um, just being able to jump a few spots in the standings, like you said, if they win a couple games. So, I mean, even if they can win just Wednesday's game and we'll figure out the rest of the week later, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they they move into the top five or the top six of the West. So um, I'll be looking forward to this game Wednesday night. I know we're going to talk about it more extensively on Wednesday yeah. morning. but um, But, yeah, looking forward to this game and – Kind of cool, too, that they're on ABC. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this yeah, game. I mean, again. same as Friday now that they're they're on ESPN as well as Fox 8. That'll be the first game that people can watch that way. So um, it's good good timing, I think, for more more people to be able to tune in and see the games. Fitty. It's the word of the day. There you go. Fitty. F-I-D-D. <laughs> we're going with Y. I'm going with Y, We're going to yes. go with Y. Yes. Okay. Time now to check out which player to keep an eye on. You like to give this this uh, on Mondays. It's a player that you think hey, may have a good week or maybe had a good week or whatever. Who was the player last week? Yeah, well, we didn't. We haven't had a show in a couple Mondays, exactly. so I've been. Uh, we pro- probably could have slotted into a couple other days, but I've been slacking with the player to watch. But I'm glad to bring it back this week. The player to watch this week for the Pelicans for me is going to be Herb Jones, and the reason for that is, um, you know, thanks Herb for all the great defensive work that you've done. Um, but you know, your reward this week is you're going to probably match up a little bit with Steph Curry on Wednesday, maybe Jamal Murray on Friday and then Luca and Kyrie on Saturday. So best of luck, Herb way to go. You, you've got like, you know, pretty much all elite guards and 
um, offensive players. So that that's why I picked her because I think he uh, is going to be his defensive work along with some of the other guys. You know, Dyson Daniels, Najee are, is going to be really crucial to try to you know hold down some of these offenses and and. If like we were talking about earlier, if you can keep some of these teams to 105, 110 points, you drastically yeah. improve your chances of being able to pick up what, what would be. I mean, I think all three of these games, if you, any of these games, if you win them, people are going to say this is an impressive and a quality road win. Even though Golden State's struggling a little bit, especially by their standards, you're not going to say like, "Ah, eh, Warriors win." Yeah. So um, Herb is the player to watch. Um, the player of the week this week. Um, it looks like CJ McCollum from week 11, um, Pelicans went three and one last week. They beat Brooklyn. They won at Minnesota, won at Sacramento. Then they had the one loss against the Clippers. CJ McCollum shot 19 for 33 on threes, 58% from three point range. Um, as we record, he has 82% of the votes from fans. Um, the other candidates that I put in the poll were Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valanciunas. Both of those guys, I think, had really good weeks. JV had a double-double. Brandon averaged six assists a game. Um, so those guys were options as well. But by far and away, I think people realize that the the work that CJ did last week is the reason why it's almost a slam dunk that he's going to be voted player of the week because, I mean, it seems like almost every game lately, first quarter, he's been making three or four three-pointers. Um, been getting close to or over double digit scoring. Right. He set a great tone um, constantly lately. And I think in a lot of these games, the Pelicans have been staked to a big lead by the way he shot the ball in the first quarter and then never really looked back. They might have had other teams might have made a little mini run here or there, but some of these blowout wins have been unusually, unusually comfortable for, for today's NBA. Looking forward to it. Should be fun. Jim, are you ready for uh, the rest of the week here? I'm ready. I'm looking forward to this. This is gonna be uh, yeah. this is gonna be tough. I mean, this when the schedule came out, I think this was a road trip that people yeah. looked at and said, "Boy, this is gonna be challenging." But um, the way they've been playing lately, especially on the road, I think they're in in pretty good position. Hopefully, to get a couple wins. I just think it's a unique time. I don't know where it's going to end, and, and obviously, there is a goal and a hope that you compete for championships eventually. In our one of those teams that every year it's almost San Antonio. It's an understood. You are a playoff team. You know, you're hosting first round series. You're competing. You know, I, I can't wait for you to be rubbing your temples. It's just I don't know if this team and this coach is enough. We we haven't got past the Western Conference Finals for three straight years. You know, <laughs> it's like you know yeah. what I'm getting at because that, yeah. that's that's how eventually it happens, right? right. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. see it up the river with LSU football, where mm-hmm. 10, 11 wins ain't enough and all that. Sure, it is very few times in an organization where. You see it build, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense, right? Like, you know, being here, obviously, surrounded by Saint stuff, and we all know what that was like, right? And just, oh, wow, they're eight and eight. And then that got into, you got a playoff win. And then that got into, oh, wow, you might actually be good. And it's like, so this is what, it, are they really in the NFC Championship game? And then, <laughs> you know, you're 13 and 0. It's just, it's cool when you're a part of the building, mm-hmm. to an ex- when you've gotten past the building, if that makes sense. Now now you're, you're refining, and, and you're trying to get there. But... I think we agree that this team can compete. This team has talent. Um, they can play offense. They can play defense. They're likable. Like they, they, there's so many different players you can root for. I mean, so. it's it's yep. just this is fun. Now it's a let's see them kind of grow up before our very eyes, sort of thing. And and I think you know we we might have a little fun here the next couple of weeks and months. Yeah, I mean. 
22 and 15 and they started out four and six. So that's 18 and nine. I'm going to say by my, <clears throat> excuse me, by my quick math over the last 27 games, I do think that we're in kind of that sweet spot right now where the team is trending upward. Um, like you said, there's a lot of reasons to enjoy this team right now and hopefully they can keep it going. And by the way, you mentioned, you know, getting to the point where you, you, you're kind of spoiled because of success. Yeah. It re- kind of reminds me of how a few years ago when during the Lob City era of the Clippers, people were talking about the Clippers curse. Yeah. And Blake Griffin said, hey, guys, uh, when I got here, nobody was talking about, oh, we can't make it out of the second round is a Clippers curse. Right. Right. They were talking more about being one of the worst teams in the league was a Clippers curse. So Perspective is yeah. an amazing thing. Yeah, Last it really week is. on my show on Friday, I played the sound from 94 WIP in Philadelphia. And their radio host was speaking to their head coach, Nick Sirianni, who, by the way, the Eagles played in the Super Bowl last year. Same mm-hmm. record as the Cowboys going into yesterday's game. They lost the division, but had a chance to win the division still. Very first question, do you feel you've lost the locker room? Oh, yeah. The last question in the 12-minute interview was, are you fearful for your long term? Like, do you think you're going to be here next year? Oh, boy. I, they were in the Super Bowl last year. Right. So, I mean, again, mm-hmm. it's – but, hey – that organization got rid of Andy Reid after four straight True. conference championship True. games because yeah. he never. So that's what I'm saying. Look, and it's going to get there. I, look, I'd have no problem getting there. <laughs> right. Because right. that means you were at least there. But that's what I mean. It's like, this is, I, I'm getting the sense and feeling having covered enough of these. We could be seeing the beginnings of the Pelicans becoming a franchise and a team where the start of the season, screaming A and everyone else is going to be going. Well, you know, are they title content? Can they get past so-and-so? Can they win it all? That's not where they are right now. And that's fine. Right. Enjoy mm-hmm. it. Let's see it. Mm-hmm. They got to figure it out. I mean, we can look at it. It's up to them to figure it out on the court. They got to believe it. But i much rather be in this place than we were a year ago. And that's what I'm trying to constantly do in these podcasts. This, this is not last year's team. I think they're stronger. And, and I think we're going in the right direction. And that's something that, let's be honest, the last three, four years, whether it's injuries, whether it's whatever, it's been hard to do, Jim. It's been hard to do to look at. I don't think I would be surprised. This is going to be a team that's going to, you know, scratch and claw to try to get to 10. I don't feel that. I think mm-hmm. I think so. They're going to be where I think we, we would like to have seen them be this year. Scratching and clawing for four seed at worst, they're six. You know what I'm saying, and that, yeah. and I think that's that's a big difference to me. Yeah, I it think it really is. I mean, if if that's the case, and I I, I believe it will be. I mean, I th- I do think these last few months of the season are going to be so much fun just to be in that position where we're not nerve wracking, we're not nerve wracked, right. and we're not scared, and we're not win apprehensive. Twelve or fifteen, right. To be ten, I mean, you're, yeah, that's, that was where they were last year. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to win pretty much, you know, six of ten, seven of ten, just to get into ten. And I, I don't, I. Again, things can happen, but let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, as you get, it would be really nice to just keep adding to that the separation between yourself and 500, the fact that they're 7 over. Why yeah. not get that up to 12, 15, That's, and then we'll be looking at. Yeah, build a cushion in case you you, you go through a rough stretch. Sure. And they're going to. I mean, Jim, we're going to be talking about, man, they've lost 3 or 6. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's happened to all the teams. Right. So let's see what takes place. That's Jim Eichenhofer. Give him a follow on extra Twitter, Jim underscore Eichenhofer, and, of course, NewOrleansPelicans.com. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. Can't wait. It'll be Pelicans. It'll be the Warriors in Golden State. And an earlier tip-off over there, 7.30 local time. As always, appreciate the time. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Gus. Thank you for tuning us in on another edition of the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Have a great week, everyone.
Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or where you get your podcast. And be sure to give Jim and Gus a follow on X at Jim underscore Eichenhofer and GCAT underscore 17. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast.